That was written in, I believe, 96 AD. I believe is when Revelation was written by John the Apostle. And he's writing in the first century that all commerce on earth is going to be controlled by a mark in your hand or in your forehead. Like how, That makes absolutely no sense in the first century world where you can buy anything with anything. You can trade a cow for gold. You can trade milk for for fabric, right? Anything was any you could use anything was was fungible for 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 commerce. And yet, that's easy now, right? Now we know that can happen, right? There are any people who are who are chipped right now in Sweden going to work, scanning in their jobs every day. My name is L.A. Marzulli. This is Dr. Aaron Judkins. This is Trey Smith. This is Ryan Peterson. This is Dr. Joe Burton. This is Timothy Albrino. This is Derek Gilbert, and you're listening to The Dig Bible Podcast. Glad you made it. Come along for the ride as we search for hidden truth, explore historical context, and dig into God's Word to help us understand the past, present, and future of this supernatural world. This is Steve, along with Justin and Ben. And you are listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. All right, what's going on, all my local guys and gals and long distance pals? We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And we're remote. We're, we're, we're not in each other's presence this time. This is different. There's- there's goods and bads to that. I, I think this will work out good when we have somebody on, but I, I can't stay away from you guys for too long. Just can't well, do ben, it. Ben's in the studio. I'm in I'm in the uh, the Jeep stable. You can <laughs> see behind me here. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what's everybody been up to? Anything new? Ben just like got back from fun. vacation. Yes. Yeah, went to Florida family that was fun the both boys got to see the beach so they they love playing in the sand was it their first time with the cold well i mean yeah bruce was three months old when we went with bruce so that don't really count i don't guess (laughs) now same over here man just work come home sleep rinse repeat nothing exciting yeah Mm-hmm. That's never fun. Yeah, no, no beaches in 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 my recent past in Tennessee or future. Not till global warming, anyway. Then we'll have some oceanfront property here in East Tennessee. That's that's what I was about to say. The ocean might come to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's get started, guys, and we'll get into it. We got a, a great guest and some good subjects to to dive into today so i guess ben you've been out the past two weeks so uh, lead us off today in prayer all right lord thanks for today thank you for this beautiful weather you've given us here in tennessee anyways um please give us discernment as we talk about the topics we're going to talk about lord um thank you that we can all get together and we can we can do this for your glory please uh Please keep all of your people under your under your protection. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, we got a returning guest today. Uh, 
like I said before, not to play favorites, but uh, definitely uh, one of the favorite guests that uh, we all agree on that we just we love having this guy on and, and talking and just nerding out over the word, man. Uh, Steve, uh, this was your idea for this uh, this show, so go ahead and introduce our guest and, and the topic. Well, today we have with us the famous, hopefully not infamous, um, <laughs> author, author of the Judgment of the Nephilim and the Final Nephilim, none other than the great Ryan Peterson. And we are so, so blessed to have you back with us, buddy, because we, we, like Justin said, we absolutely feel like, um, you know, we're right on par as far as like the way you're thinking, the, the, the word that you, you put into your books, it just, it speaks to us, it reverberates. And I think there's so much biblical truth. And, and if anybody hasn't read those, please go read those, especially um, looking at those things, which most people don't from a strictly biblical point of view, not bringing in all the extra biblical sources. This is one of the few people who really look at the Nephilim from strictly the Bible standpoint, which is such a, a, a different view than we get from anybody else. So, Ryan, it is great to have you back. Hey, Steve, Ben, Justin, thanks for having me back on. Great to be back. And, you know, and the feeling is really mutual, man. Like I said before, you know, I know I've said this before, but it's so important that all these things we talk about, right, it's exciting. The Nephilim, the supernatural realm, the paranormal, you know, I love it, you love it, but we have to keep the primacy of the Bible as our standard for truth above everything. So I know you brothers are, are totally respect that and carry that same belief. So uh, yeah, happy to be back. And awesome. we love the shirt. Yeah, thank you. Love thank it. you. Thank you. So this shirt, so this shirt, um, I asked you about the Nephilim shirt. Uh, this was actually my wife's idea. So um, just like the uh, book, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's she's been pushing me to make to, to make more merch. And so um she she had the idea for it. And so I said, and so you know, it's a, it's always kind of like, you know, like the, the, the match that gets everything going. Because once she said that, I said, Oh, I know exactly what we can do. So if you look on the back of the shirt, of course, this is my touch. You got the QR code on the back of the shirt. So if you scan it, it takes you to a video that's like a two-minute primer on Genesis 6. And so uh, so we kind of put our heads together. And um, I was going to, in uh, October, I was at the Imminent Return Conference a few weeks ago for Prophecy Watchers in Oklahoma. So we kind of debuted it there. And she was all nervous. She said, you know, I don't know if people are going to like it. I don't know what people are going to think. And uh, they were going quick. <laughs> so it was good. so I appreciate it. So she had an, another great idea from my wife, my wonderful wife, Erica. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Never ever question the wife. They always know what <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The wife usually has the better ideas. Were they back in stock now? Because I've seen online they were out of stock. You got them back in stock now? They're back, yeah. They're back in stock. Uh yeah, because they went quick, they're back in stock and um yeah, and it's great, too, because I'm already getting feedback from people who have written me and said, hey, you know, like, I was wearing it, you know, in the mall or at the grocery store, and someone came and asked me and said, well, what, what is a Nephilim? What are the Nephilim? Who are the Nephilim? So it's, uh, it's, it's achieving its goal. It's a good conversation starter. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. It's, it's better than ours, ain't it? He's, he's worried about his being risque. Uh, we, we put out some shirts at a conference and, and sold them, and it said uh, – 
Genesis six, kissing cousins don't make thirty footers. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I did see uh, some of those pictures on Facebook, and I saw yeah. uh, uh, Derek and Sharon uh, wearing some of your merch as well. So Gilbert, that's, so yeah, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, today I guess we really wanted to go in. I, first, I guess talk about uh, your your new project stuff coming out right now. Kind of what's going on, like. Yeah, so uh, a lot of new, a lot of new projects, and um, that are going to be coming out in the next year. And it's amazing too because I've gone through so many challenges, and I just want to put this out there for anybody, whether you are just a believer who's home and just doing your normal nine to five at home, listen to podcasts, or you're a content creator like yourselves or an author. You know, once you start ramping up, the spiritual warfare just intensifies, and so you know, my daughter. We found out how to like, you know, what I thought was a simple ankle injury turned out to be a genetic foot condition she had. She had surgery in August that turned out to be a serious thing and all this stuff. And then um, I I was preparing my most recent documentary for the same conference, the Imminent Return Conference a few weeks ago in Oklahoma. And man, just the things that were going on between work, my kids getting sick, uh, I was extremely ill in the weeks leading up to the conference and was ill. People probably don't know this. We're there in Norman, Oklahoma, because I, I was taking so many, popping <laughs> so much Dayquil and Advil in the morning. But, uh, but yeah, but it was a lot of challenges, but, but, you know, God is on the throne. I was able to push through. And so the first thing I got done for the conference is my newest documentary, uh, which is called End Times Nephilim Deception. And so this, this documentary is really kind of different from Anything I've done before, because it's more of like an expose, I really kind of give a quick breakdown of Genesis 6 and then get into real, it's a real deep dive into the books, the movies, comic books, and video games that are all taking Genesis 6 and twisting it. They're talking, you know, they're, whether they're saying that the fallen angels in Genesis 6 were good, they just, you know, they, they had good intentions when they married human women, uh, or that the Nephilim are our saviors, or even the, even the Messiah. There are many of these books where a Nephilim is actually the savior of the world. And they're quoting scripture. You know, some of these, some of these, one of these books, you know, it opens with second Peter chapter two, talking about the angels who sinned in the days of Noah. So they're going to scripture. They're using biblical terms. They're using Hebrew and these books are selling by the millions. So I really, and movies and TV shows. So it's a big kind of expose. So, and really focused on, all this stuff is targeted at young adults, at teens, at kids. And so that's been something on my mind, on my heart for some time. I was a youth pastor in New York City at my old church for 10 years before I came to Texas. And so I've worked with kids before I even had kids. In fact, I feel like God put me in that role to prepare me to be a parent. And so um, reaching them and knowing what they're dealing with, obviously in this age of social media, how much they're bombarded by the prince of the power of the air, right? Is that they are under greater spiritual, the, the demonic and satanic and fallen angelic influence on them. I mean, is a thousand times, you know, what it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and even longer for someone like myself when I was a kid uh, and only had four channels on my TV, you know? So, so yeah, so, so that's, that's the most recent thing. So that just launched a few weeks ago. And again, when I got back, um, I was really ill. So I haven't even launched it online yet. I haven't put out the trailer yet because I, I literally just got healthy a couple of days ago by God's grace. So um, 
So yeah, so that was, that's all going to be online. It'll be on Vimeo On Demand. It's available in DVD. And uh, so I got to present on it and debut and actually actually have the documentary ready to roll out for that event. So God provided there. So that's out. Um, additionally, um, I guess I'll start with the younger content I'm doing and then get to the, the, the back to the more adult theological content I'm doing. Uh, also, I am doing a children's book series um, that's going to come out in the spring. And these are really like for little, little kids, children's Bible books. And uh, it, it's going to be focused on two. It's really going to be focused on two things on teaching children that the Bible, everything in the Bible, all the famous stories of the Bible are about Jesus, really having them understand the gospel in every story. And so, uh, and really understanding types and shadows, right? That's a lot of, again, going back to being a teacher for a decade, that's, I was teaching types and shadows. I think it's the easiest way for kids to understand that Noah's Ark isn't just a story about a flood, that it's, one, it's a story about the Nephilim. Uh, and my hope is to be the first author to write a children's Bible book that actually has the Nephilim in it. When you get to the story of Noah's Ark, that's my goal is to get that out. We will definitely have Nephilim in, a, in, in the story and tell the real story. Um, but also that Jesus is the Ark, right? That Moses is a type of Jesus, that uh, Joseph is a type of Jesus. And, and showing this, how God is kind of what I talked talk about in the final Nephilim, the, the scroll of time, really teaching that. So, so that's what I'm doing for the kids um, in the next year. And then uh, beyond that, um, I am working on a new documentary on uh, fallen angelic technology, kind of looking at the technology in ancient time, the fallen angels provided with tying into Genesis 6 and all throughout scripture, and then how it relates to the end times. Because I believe technology is going to play a huge role in the great tribulation, right? The, the devil needs technology, right? He's not, um, he's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. So you think about things like even like the image of the beast, uh, something I really, I really want to dig into because I don't think there's a lot of content ex really exploring the image of the beast and the fact that the image can know if you are worshiping it or not, right? That is a really, like, how is that possible to know everyone globally if whether or not you're worshiping? So you think about things like Neuralink, right? Being actually plugged in through your brain into a system that's really the only way it can be done outside of being God, right? To know the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, um, so, so yes, it's going to be kind of like a looking at ancient times and looking at end times. And uh, I will, I will break, give some breaking news on this podcast that I, I've gotten a early um, confirmation from L.A. Marzulli that he's going to collaborate with me on this documentary. So. Oh, so which I'm really excited about. So uh, nice. Yeah. So that'll be it'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of fun. And obviously, he has a lot to say about ancient technology and the megaliths and all those things all over the world. So uh, yeah. So that's gonna come. That's coming out next year. And then uh, I'm pretty sure my next book. I'm about 85% sure. I have two kind of topics I'm looking at. But when I'm when I was at the conference, um, so many people were asking me about um, the gap theory and Genesis 1 and what was taking place. When did Satan rebel? Like, I got so many people said, hey, would you have any thoughts on that? Do you have any? And it's something that I've been, I've written on it before, but not in a published work. I've just written essays on it and researched before. And so that's, so, so I'm leaning towards uh, 
that being my next kind of deep dive into, because there's a lot of great research out there, very similar to the Nephilim that I think is, hasn't been put out to the public. Um, I think is really interesting, right? Whether we're talking about uh, like Ezekiel 28 and when did that take place of Satan that says that you, thou has been in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was that covering, like when did that happen, right? Job 38, of course, the saying that the sons of God were rejoicing when God laid the foundations of the earth. So there's this history, right? There's a clear history that's taking place that involves the angelic realm that predates the earth, which means it predates humanity. And so kind of exploring that. So I think um, I was already on my mind. And then once a lot of people kept asking me about it, I just like, I was there with my mom at the conference. I said, you know, my mom, I'm like, I feel like God's really saying like, this, this is like where I should be going next. So, so yeah, so yeah, so lots of, lots of stuff coming, lots of stuff coming. Uh, I'm very excited for next year. Lord willing, as long as I'm healthy, Maybe a lot of great content coming out. And one other thing I'll say too that I'm doing too, and this is just, this is a total, you know, this is going right back to my teenage years because I was a huge comic book sci-fi nerd as a growing up. And so I'm actually for the teens and young adults, I'm actually working with an artist right now to get a graphic novel version done of Judgment of the Nephilim. Oh, that'd be cool. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah and the artist is really good. <laughs> really expensive so i'm working on that but uh but really good. <laughs> like, i can get it i mean this is like it is like professional marvel dc level artwork so i really want to bring that to that type of um medium so I, I loved graphic novels like you know when i was a teenager in college and so i think it'd be a great way to tell the again the biblical truth in a way that's easy for someone that age to get into yeah, I was going to say, that's probably an excellent way to, to reach the kids nowadays because, I mean, that's kind of like the Marvel stuff is what they're all into. Exactly. So, I mean, and, I, and I get it. I was there at one time in my life, so I, I, I get it. I completely get it. So, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, a lot of, you know, Lord willing, um, it's all moving in the right direction, but there should be a lot of content coming out in 2024. Well, how was, how was that conference? I was wanting to ask you about that because uh, I'm friends with uh, Karen, and she works with L.A., and yeah, I actually interviewed yeah. her when she got back about her yeah. book. And of course she was rocking that. Asked me about the Nephilim shirt. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you just had to get that in on me. And she's like, yeah, I love Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw Karen uh, there, of course, and um, got her a copy of her book and uh, the conference was great. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was for me personally, it was great for a couple of reasons. One, I, I just love, the energy at conferences. The only thing I can compare it to for me is when you're at a big sporting event, right? You come into a stadium and people are just hyped. Everyone's got that same kind of excitement for everything. And I, I just love it. So mm -hmm. people are really, really excited. I mean, I, I probably, I, I can't even count the number of like in-depth end times discussions I had with people just at my table throughout the whole three and a half days. I mean, people were really geared up and locked in to talk about end times, talk about the supernatural. So yeah, so it, it was a blast. There were great presentations and um, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And the other thing too was interestingly, because I always feel like Norman, that's kind of like the backyard for Prophecy Watchers. So most of their attendees, these many people have been to, you know, coming to conferences for 15, 20 years. Um, this conference, there were a lot of people that who were first timers. There were a lot of people that were actually never even 
weren't even familiar with an effort, which to me for a Norman Oklahoma conference, that's normally not how it is, but it was great because it just gave a chance to share, you know, more of God's word and with people who weren't as familiar, but there were, so there were a lot of new people. So um, it, it was great that there was a good blend of veterans and, and, and newbies there. I guess going a little further forward, um, you know, on, on a, I guess a, a less uh, happy note um, than everything we're talking about here was the recent passing of Tom Horn, which which has hit the whole Skywatch family and has hit, um, you know, all of us that are kind of in this space pretty hard when you uh, think about the contributions that he's had to, to um, you know, moving the word of God forward, but but looking at it from so many different angles and, and really being an inspiration to so many people in this field. It's, it, it's, it's huge. I mean, he was a huge, he's a huge part of everything we're doing right now. I mean, so obviously it's, it's bittersweet, right? We know he's with the Lord and to be absent of the is to be present with the Lord. So it's a glorious celebration um, for him to be with God. who He has proclaimed to millions of people, literally um, in his career, and serving God, um, but so sad at the same time, obviously. And I can just say for me personally, uh, he was one of the early ministries. Uh, I go back with Tom Horn to Raiders News Updates when that was his original website, just with news articles. And for me, that was, you know, again, going back to like 2007, 2008, when I was really just getting into prophecy um, in a major way. That was like, Get my cup of coffee in the morning, go to Raiders News update. I'm right there. I'm right on Raiders News, reading all the updates, getting all the getting all, you know, the latest. And it was great because for, for me personally, because again, I got into prophecy from politics, right? From seeing politics and prophecy converge and people opening my eyes to that. And he played a huge, huge role in that. And so um, and then of course uh Apollyon in 2012, uh, you know, that was another major Bible prophecy book for me that again had a big impact just to open my mind and really inspire me as an author. And I, I'll also say this, and I said this to Joe Horn uh, when I went on Skywatch TV last year. You know, he was shocked. You know, he didn't because he didn't really know me until a few months before I came on the show, and he couldn't believe that I knew about the original site before it was Skywatch and all that stuff. And I said, "Yeah, no, man, I go wait, I go, I was on that mailing list." I'm like. I was a regular subscriber on the mail list, getting updates every week. And I said, you know, even just the idea of how I uh, ended up publishing my content, right? Because I self-publish. I do have my own publishing company. I do everything. I said, a lot of that came from really modeling Tom Horn. I said, you know, and he said, uh, I, I, and I told him that at the time, I said, yeah, you know, and I didn't get to meet Tom Horn. He was already really sick at that time. He'd been, he's been sick for some time. You know, he'd been sick for about two years. Uh, and so I would, even when I was at, you know, kind of like their ranch, uh, he was in the house and he was texting me and emailing me, but I didn't have to get to see him in person. So, but I did get to write to him and tell him how grateful that, you know, I was to be an honor to be on his show. And he's been such a big part of my walk and my growth and really being who I am today as a, as an author and publisher. And so, uh, it's just, um, you know, really sad, you know, to, to, to lose him on earth, but happy's in heaven and just really thankful um, for his contributions. And again, you just don't know when you're doing content like you guys are doing, you just have no idea 
the seeds that are being planted because he had no idea and Joe Horn had no idea, but here I am, you know, 15 years later, almost now sitting with Joe Horn and he couldn't, he didn't even know I ever heard of Raiders news updates, but I was like, yeah, I used to read it every single day. And so you just never know, you know, what you're doing. And obviously God provides the growth, but you know, it, it has a big impact. So, and Tom is a huge, huge impact to me and inspiration to many people, but definitely me. But I, I'm friends with Joe on Facebook and, you just talking about an amazing guy and an amazing family. You know, here they are going through this hardship. And I thought it was amazing. We didn't know till after he had done past, but Joe got on it and gave an update, you know, on everything in the family and the future of Skywatch and the future of the Whispering Ponies Ranch. Yeah. And he said that and my first thought was, is he was giving all these updates and I was like, you know, how amazing that he's letting us in to that inner circle and letting us know about Tom, you know, and everything. Cause a lot of people and, you know, rightfully so are, are, are more private, you know, with things like that. But then you find out later after he passed, he done that video. He said that, that they are more private, but it was the fact that Tom told them, when he was there and he actually, you know, come through the first time he looked at him and said, the Skywatch family needs to know what's going on. He said, wow, so I honored man. my father's wishes and, and kept yeah. everybody updated. Yeah. And you said it right there, an amazing family. I mean, it, it takes a lot of strength just as, and they were, they were updating frequently, you know, you're yeah. frequent updates. And so that is just um, a testament to that family. And, and, it, and it's really, Amazing because they all live around each other. You know, they're all they all Derek and Sharon. All they all live like within ten miles of each other, and it's a very tight knit group. Just not just the Horn family, but the Skywatch family, and um, that's the power of the spirit, right? I mean, because only God can give you that strength, right? If it was me in that position, I, I don't, I couldn't hold it together. Even if I was making an announcement, I'm sure I'd be weeping every time. Um, if it was my my dad or my mom, and so um, yeah, just amazing. So. Mm. I'll say this, and this is something that I think is so important and things that we need to model ourselves. You know, it, like you said, people who put content out, things like that, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be, you know, the guy that's the quiet guy in the back of the church. When, when it's all said and done and we get to heaven and, and we're there and, and, you know, God's, you know, they recap our life or whatever, whatever happens when we get there. The whole point is that what, what did we do? What did we do for God? And you can obviously see a huge impact that Tom's had. And then on top of that, our goal should be that even when we're gone and we're there, that we're still impacting people even after we're gone. And you look at that family, his work will be impacting people for generations if the world lasts that long. But it right. will be impacting generations and, and bringing people to God because he planted seeds even crazier. Think about it like this. There are seeds he still hasn't even planted yet because somebody hasn't picked up his book. Right. And it's something that's such an amazing way to look at it when you see that his his work and the things that he left, if he wouldn't have done it, just said, well, no, I didn't need to write those books. I didn't need to do that. Guess what? That means heaven would have been a little less populated. But because of that, somebody's going to walk up to him in heaven and say, you know what? It's because of, well, it's because of God, but. It's because you wrote that. God inspired you to write that. That's what made me look into this. 
And that's yeah, yeah, definitely a huge man. thing. And, and, and he gave a lot of people a platform, right? Josh Peck, yes. again, Derek Gilbert, they started working with Michael Heiser in the final years before Michael Heiser passed away. So it, it, he gave a lot of people the amount of information, right? And just uh, biblical exegesis and exposition that he's brought through all the whole family of Skywatch, right? It's, it's a lot. It, it's a lot. And he, and I love the fact too that he was so early on, he was pushing the envelope, right? I mean, because I can still remember back then telling people about Tom Horn and people, you know, that I went to church with and they were like, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, he's talking about aliens and fallen angels. And the original OG. Yeah, yeah. But I'm loving it, you know. And so, but, you know, so he was one of the earlier ones who was willing to go out on a limb and say, yes, I believe the Bible. I love Jesus. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, but we need to talk about the UFO phenomenon. <laughs> we need to talk about, you know, demonic uh, warfare, all those things, right? He wasn't, you know, at a time now, now it's a lot more common, but, you know, he was one of the first to really be out there pushing that, so. That's what was awesome. the first book you guys, uh, which I, man, I'm sorry, I know you're not a reader, but like the, the first book at all. Uh, Tom's that, that you guys grabbed and uh, read of his. I think I have a couple up here. I got the um, I think like the your first one you was, got. I think the messenger is the first one I got. Yeah, for me it was the uh, the Nephilim, the Stargates book, with the kind of greenish bluish cover. But the Apollyon 2012. I mean, that was like almost like I don't know what to compare it to. It was like when he announced that book was coming out. I was like like a Star Wars film. I mean, I was like counting down the days to get my hands on that book. And um, yeah, so that 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 one was a, was a, was a big one uh, for for me out of all his uh, his books. Like, the first one I seen was that uh, the unearthing the cloud eaters. I oh, stumbled yeah. across That's that. That's yeah, back yeah. <laughs> and then I got the wormwood prophecy, and sure. that one kind of blew my mind. And uh, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, what was it next year? Yeah, yeah. Was it twenty twenty five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel left out. <laughs> we'll get you I the think, audio books, Ben. Yeah, audio books. That's where it's at for me. Yeah. I love me some audio books. I think that's the best thing, though. His family can look back at the legacy that he left in God's name and, and, and to, to further the, you know, we always say, you know, let's populate heaven and empty out hell. And, and he truly left legacy in that regard and, and has touched a lot of people, like you said, and gave him a platform. It's been it, it, amazing, amazing person, amazing family. Um, yeah. And, you know, and the enemy loves to cross over right into our territory, right? Like, that's why I, I did my documentary because I'm like, here, people didn't even know that there are all these books that are fiction books that are talking about Genesis 6. They're talking about Nephilim, Fallen Angels, and taking stuff from the Bible for the enemy. And, Tom has also been able to reach so many people who weren't Christians, but just were into the paranormal, were into supernatural, into the UFO phenomena, and bring them to the truth of the Bible. So, yeah, lots of lots of legacy that he's left behind for sure. Like like Josh Peck, for example, right? He was someone who was total New Ager, and because of his interest in the paranormal, now he ends up working for Tom Horn as a Bible-believing Christian. 
And if we shut that down, if we shut down and say the new age stuff or shut these people down and just and push them away, if we don't, like Michael Heiser would go to UFO conventions. You know, you have these people that, that you can't, they're looking for answers. And if we just shut down and say, well, you're, you're you know, I don't believe that, so I'm not going to go and, and, and even expose myself to that. You're leaving a whole group of people out that need to hear the word. I don't care what you believe right now. My job is still to plant a seed in you. That's that's what Amen. God wants us to do. Amen. So absolutely, it's Paul pretty, the unknown God. There you go. Prime example. Yep. Facts. Mm -hmm. All right, now Ryan, I want to get to a little bit of the the meat of some of the things. I actually thought you'd be a perfect person to talk to some of this on, and actually, just with some of your upcoming projects, I got some goosebumps because it's along the same lines of the stuff I'm talking about, and a lot of the stuff that we. If me, Justin, and Ben are sitting around and the mics aren't on, this is the stuff we're talking about. This yeah. is still, even when we're not researching, we're not in it, this is us and we're, our theories, our ideas, these things like how does this tie in biblically? You know, where is this going? And we're looking a lot at prophecy and we see prophecy throughout, you know, um, the Old Testament and a lot of it has already come true. And now I think we're seeing the, the beginning stages of revelation start to come into fruition and it's it's um you know there's a lot of people that will debate one way or another but you were talking before about the ramping up of the lies uh with the nephilim and 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 the, the, the in, in the movies tv and literature and actually justin i know you have a copy of it i mean if you go back this stuff has been ingrained for a while but me and justin both have a, a copy of a an old walt disney cartoon uh, or a comic book that's scrooge mcduck and it's the search for king og's bed yep Really? And I mean, that's that's a Disney wow. thing from back in. Wow. I think it's the six. It's either the late sixties. I think it is. And then I just got. Justin's gonna grab it. I just got a another one of the Avengers coming to save Gilgamesh. Wow. And I thought, and you're seeing this stuff, and this is not brand new. I think that one's from the nineties. I'd have to look. I have a copy of it somewhere around here, but um, it's just amazing. You see that that stuff being pushed on, like you said, everywhere. We go into the Gilgamesh slash Nimrod and and really look into what you know what that was and, and, and all that we've gone into that stuff a million times, but it's so interesting. But you're seeing this stuff being pushed on us. You're seeing that stuff and now we're seeing the what I believe is I mean this stuff's been ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And I'm seeing I think we're seeing the next step. Yeah, there's the right there. Yeah. Og's iron bed. That's unbelievable. That is unreal. Is that a comic? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, you can get it for eBay. about you can get it for that about five crazy. bucks on eBay. Thirty-five cents. Unbelievable. You like to go back to them days. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But this That's stuff crazy. is popular. It's popping yeah. up everywhere. Yeah. And this is back away, so it's slowly softening us into it. But and I think that the next step is is what we're seeing with right now happening in Israel. But anyway, go. Jump in. I see you had something to say. Go ahead. Get after it. Yeah. So Matthew 24, right? I mean, that's where to me where it all starts, because I believe that's where Jesus is clearly giving the chronology of the end times. And the first thing, right? The disciples this is like his, this is like his, his one end times class in the Gospels, right? Where they say, what will be the signs of the end times and of thy coming and of the end of the world? So the context is clear. And the first thing Jesus says is, take heed, no man deceive you, right? So it's deception. And this is kind of what I was talking about 
uh, at in Norman because it's it's the Antichrist is not coming, you know, guns blazing, fangs, blood dripping, scaring everybody. It's all about deception. It's all about I'm going to fool you into worshiping me, into worshiping Satan, into forsaking your own salvation and redemption, any chance of it. And so that's the start of it, right? And so what I think is when you think about the timing of the end times and how Israel plays a role, right? One, the end times entirely are centered on Israel. And it's critical when we talk about deception, right? It, it starts with Israel. And, and the reason why is because God banks his name and his word on prophecy being fulfilled and puts the challenge out there that God says, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And essentially, he's telling the fallen angelic realm, there's nothing you can do to stop it. I'm going to tell just just like he told Satan, it's going to be a baby born one day in Genesis 3. And here we go. The devil tried and tried and tried throughout the Old Testament. Well, there's a second coming, right? That that seed of the woman is returning again, and it's all connected to Israel, right? I mean, Jesus says that, you know, I will not return. I'm not coming back until you say, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. And of course, there are numerous passages, right? Isaiah 62, where you see that God is specifically saying that Israel has to be reconciled. The, recon the end times reconciliation of Israel is the critical uh, fulfillment, critical event that has to take place to initiate the second coming of Christ, to initiate Armageddon, the ultimate defeat of the Antichrist. And so what are we seeing? I, I think that we're seeing now the birth pangs that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 and Luke, because the devil needs Israel. He needs to take over Israel. He needs the Jewish Israeli people to accept his false Messiah, right? All these things, right? And, um, and so ultimately, just to take you kind of through chronologically how I see it, I, I, you know, I, I of course am a, I'm a pre-trib rapture believer. However, I put the timing of the rapture a little bit differently from other people, right? So I believe yeah, the rapture. We hope it's pre-trib. What's that? We hope it's pre-trib. We don't, we don't want to deal with all that. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I don't want to trust me. I don't want to be here. Like, just, no, no, no. <laughs> like, just read three chapters of Joel, the three little chapters. You don't want to be here. Um, nope. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I don't believe that. I believe God will rescue. Jesus rescues his bride. We see that example all throughout scripture, right? You are uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot is told, the angels tell him, we cannot do anything until you are gone, right? They, the believers leave. The judgment comes down from God. Of course, Noah on the ark, he goes into the ark. God closes the door. He's on the ark seven days, right? And then the flood judgment comes, right? So we see, I think God shows us prophetically a pre-tribulation rapture all throughout scripture. So I'm definitely pre-trib. Um, however, I, I believe I don't have the same traditional timing. Many people say, oh, the first seal is, that is the start of everything. I, and I actually, I actually don't believe that, right? And, and, there's a, and the reason why is when you go through Revelation, particularly in chapters four and five, um, of course you see uh, God the Father on the throne and he has a book, right? He's holding this scroll and, it's, and it says that no man was found worthy to open the book in heaven or on earth or under the earth, right? So that means nowhere in the divine or human realm is anyone worthy, right? And of course, then John cries and the angel says, 
you know, don't cry, behold, the Lamb of God has prevailed, right? And he, of course, we know Jesus is worthy to open the book, right? Everyone knows that. However, I think that gives us a clue into the timing. And I think what's taking place is when, when they say no one's worthy, it's before the resurrection of Christ, before he won his victory. And so, of course, of course, that's the only time you could say that. But of course, once he won his victory, and of course, it says he appears as a lamb that hath been slain, right? So he, this is his resurrection form. Um, I believe when he appears, because it says, and lo and behold, and I go, I, I say I go into, I haven't done this in a book, but I've done this in my own research and article I've written for myself, where that Greek term, lo and behold, um, always has a, 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 a um, it denotes a suddenness that out of nowhere, this just happened out of nowhere. And so I believe that that what's taking place there is Jesus is now ascending. It's the 50 days. It's Acts chapter one, 50 days Man after resurrection. Us. He is now ascending to heaven in a cloud and now is appearing suddenly. And of course, now he is worthy because he has won the victory and he's back in heaven. So of course he can take that book, that scroll, the seven sealed scroll. Um, which I also believe was the scroll given to Daniel that Daniel was told to shut up and seal until the time of the end in Daniel chapter 12. I believe that's the exact same book that Jesus is now opening. And so, so of course, from a timing standpoint, that would mean, because of course he takes the scroll and opens it, and that would open the first scroll 2,000 years ago, right? Because that's when he, was when he was crucified and resurrected. And so I believe that the seals are progressing through the church age. Um, and I think Jesus describes this right in Matthew 24, right? We see the, the four horsemen and um, and Jesus says, first he starts off saying, beware no man deceive you. Then he says there should be wars and rumors of wars. Of course, the second horseman, the red, the rider of the red horse, is brings war, right? And I believe these are spirits that are bringing this, this spirit into the world throughout the church age, right? We have this spirit of deception that we see taking place right whether it's false doctrines whether it's the new age movement whether it's the modern nephilim donald duck king Og's bed movement all these things that are taking bringing in spiritual deception into the church and into the world right it's taking over by storm my name's nick I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy.
Yeah, so uh, so I was going through pestilence and the black horse rider, right? Famine and death and disease in the world. And then uh you just get to that C V nineteen, he's like, Nope, shut that no, guy. Yep, yep, right. But that's all part <laughs> of it, right? Pestilence, right? It's a it's a that's all part of it, right? It's like germ warfare. And um and then the pale horse rider, right? And they says they shall offer you up to be killed. And so I think that is so I believe those spirits, right, are have been released into the earth from two thousand years ago. And we see, and how how can I say they're spirits, right? How can I say that? Because we see, you know, I'm all about scripture's gotta interpret scripture. And every every word of God Zachariah. There you go, Zechariah, right? And so Zechariah, well, that's where we see the, the, the horsemen, right? Where And it said clearly these are the spirits that God has sent forth into the earth, right? To and fro on the earth. So we know that they are, there's a precedent in scripture for them being spirit beings. And then, um, and then you get to the fifth seal. And that is the most interesting to me, the most interesting of the seals, because it's the only one that is predicated on time. Because it's, you have the martyrs under the altar and they ask God, they say, how long, oh God, until you avenge us? So these are people obviously have been killed already for their testimony. And they're asking God, when are you going to go, go down there and handle business and take these people out who've killed us over the years? And God says, yet a little while longer, right? We're giving wolves and God says, a little while longer, right? And so, and he says, until... Uh, your fellow servants be fulfilled. So I actually interpret that to mean those martyrs are people who've been martyred throughout the church age. And of course, there are martyrs right now in restricted nations all over the world. Mm-hmm. But God, I believe what God is saying at the fifth seal is that he has a number. God has a number of martyrs. And when that number is reached, because he says until the number of your fellow servants is fulfilled, that when that's reached, then God's going to, that, that's it. Then it's over. And God is going to, and I believe that is what's going to actually trigger the, the timing of the Great Tribulation. Now, of course, that's not something we can know. We don't know what that number is. But it, but again, we see this, you know, with Abraham and God's talking to Abraham about the Amorites. Where he says, you know, I'm not going to judge them yet, right? He says the fullness of their sin hasn't been reached yet. He said, I'm, we hasn't, they, they still have a little bit left, right? With Sodom and Gomorrah, he says their sins have reached up to heaven, so I have to come down. So God is at various times will say, look, I'm going to give you or a nation a certain amount of leeway to allow repentance. But if they reach my limit, that's it. Right. And I think the same thing applies in our own. Well, life. I got a question for you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, with uh, the whole, uh, the spirits of the, the martyred saints, mm-hmm. you know, it says it's from, from under the altar. Yeah. Now, if, if you try to read Revelation, you know, chronologically, you know, it says, you know, at the end, you know, that the, the dead in him shall rise first. So, like, growing up as, like, a missionary Baptist, I was always taught that, you know, we all get to go to heaven at the same time. You know, no one gets there before the other. We all go once together. So, like, do you, do you believe that these uh, martyred spirits are there in heaven with God? Or do you think this is like the spirits uh, calling from paradise or from the grave? Or you know, what's I, your I think opinion on that yeah. specifically? I, I think okay. they're in heaven. I think dead Christians, uh, I believe they go to heaven. I believe, you know, and I think that's what Paul is saying when he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that you are post the resurrection, 
I mean, before the resurrection, you were in Sheol, right? In hell, right? In, but in the in the godly compartment section, in the godly section. Abraham's right? bosom. Exactly. Abraham's bosom. You're in the VIP. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the VIP. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. And so, yes, yeah, so I think that's where everyone went um, before the resurrection. But I think, but I think after the resurrection, now, of course, Christ has won, right? basically given us access, right, to the goal before the throne of God. It would hear in prayer, but also I believe in heaven, to spirit spiritually that we can actually go to heaven when we die and, and be there in spirit form. Okay. So yeah. So so yeah. So that's why. So that's so that's where. So I think that's where we are right now. That literally in the fifth seal, and we can't know who that last martyr is, right? But I think, but God knows, of course. And I think once that martyr is killed, then. The everything starts, the great tribulation, the rapture, and I believe it all happens at the sixth seal. So I believe that is when everything that we know is the great tribulation begins um, uh, at the sixth seal, but I believe that's also when we are raptured. So I am a pre-tribulation 100%. We will not experience any of the great tribulation, but I just think it starts at a different time than the traditional model. So... I'll also add one other thing, just connected back to Israel. The interesting thing too is, so uh, where I think Israel fits in as well with this timing, because I, I read Revelation as in chronological order, right? With some parenthetical passages and chapters that are just giving you more detail. But I think generally it's written in alphabetical order. I'm sorry, in chronological order. Um, primarily because, you know, once you get past chapter four, every single chapter to the end begins with and, right? And. And the angel said this, and God said this, and he showed me this. So it's kind of hinting that it's in sequence. But if you look at it, right, so you get to the sixth seal being opened. Um, and I believe this is when the Great Tribulation starts. And you have, again, what Jesus describes. He talks about earthquakes in diverse places, the sun turning dark. This is all, again, right out of Matthew 24. If you're just following what Jesus is saying in Matthew 24, it, it leads right to the sixth seal events. And... That's, of course, when it says that the, you know, all the people on earth, the great men, the mighty men, the Illuminati, everybody's running and hiding because they now they know God is this is God. This is not a government. This is not, you know, some small splinter group. This is God Almighty is now coming in to the human realm to start judging the earth. And that's when they say hide us because the, the great day of his wrath is coming. Who's able to stand? And so that's when I think everything happens. And then you get to chapter seven, you have the sealing of the 144,000, who I think are sent out in the great tribulation, of course, to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, and then you have that multitude that no man can number, that just it says, and lo and behold, a multitude shows up that of all different colors, races, flavors, ethnicities, backgrounds, languages. And I believe that's actually the raptured church. That's them. That's us. Uh, essentially. And then when you get to chapter eight, and this is where I think Israel comes in, you have um, at the first trumpet judgment, it says there's the mighty angel standing at the altar. And it's interesting, is he cast down his censer. He has a censer. He cast his censer down to earth. And there's something very interesting about that because it says that it's, it's fire uh, and brimstone and blood on the earth and that happens to be when you look at the gog magog wars 
I believe there are two wars, but in chapters Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, the God Magog coalition is destroyed by fire, brimstone, and blood. It's a very unique combination. It only appears, that's the only time you see that in the Bible. So I actually think that Israel, the attack on Israel by this coalition, um, I think is also at the start of the Great Tribulation. And I actually think that what's going to happen when we think about the Israel being deceived, I think that obviously, because Israel is going to be victorious, right? Is in, in this conflict, Israel wins in, in, in the God-Magog war. And I think it actually set the stage for the Antichrist, that the Antichrist may try to claim credit for the victory. I mean, as a savior. So it's almost like a false Armageddon. I believe like the God-Magog war is going to be, going to, people are going to think it's Armageddon, but it's not. It's like the Great Tribulation is just starting. But in the, in the, in the, the fog of war and out of the ashes and out of the victory, I think the Antichrist might emerge and claim credit that it was he who helped win this victory for Israel. Yeah, I've heard it. Uh, um, I was watching. It's a guy in Knoxville. I can't. Charles. Give you his name. Charles Lawson. Lawson. Yeah, that guy. He was uh, talking about this, and he said that Gog and Magog comes against Israel, and and it also says that no one's helping Israel. So it's almost like right now we're helping them. Okay. So he explains it. Say, say the yeah, whole kind of hanging out. out. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say the whole Gaza thing goes bad, yeah. right? Israel just says, "I had enough." It just blows them all up, right? And then the U.S. says, "Whoa, whoa, guys, you went way too far. We 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 can't we can't be involved with this." And it would be more of the population in uproar would make the, the military pull back, right? So then that leaves Israel all by themselves. Then he said that the only thing that can save Israel is God himself, yep. which annihilates Gog and Magog. Exactly. Well, the whole world will see an act of God. So then the Muslim religion will back up, say, whoa, 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 because they just seen what happened, right? So then, then they back up, and it gives Israel the opportunity to seize the Temple Mount to build the third temple. I agree. And then that starts. Then that starts everything. Uh, and and it, you know nobody knows who the Antichrist will be, but someone will be an interceder between Israel and the Muslim world. It could be the Pope. It could be the President of the United States, whoever that might be at the time. Who knows? I think it'll be a Jew right. from and the it, tribe and, of Dan. And that's what I think. And that's what I think. It, it, it's probably someone in the Muslim Jewish realm to do so. And then then that will be the Antichrist, and that's what gets it going. Yeah. Because the Muslims aren't just going to give it up. It's going to have to be something of God, something yeah. miraculous that happens. And, and the Abraham Accord. You know, I see that as the Daniel, uh, where it talked about in, in Daniel, where it said that the, they will make a, a peace treaty and there'll be agreement, but then the, the, the peace will be broken. You know I mean? I, with all this stuff going on, that was the first thing that popped into to my mind. It was like, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> <Burning the covenant. laughs> 
Yeah, it, you know, and the fun, and the thing too is Ben, just just even hearing you lay that out, we are so close to that scenario, right? And then we, oh, it's see, right around the corner. Oh, Gaza, at any moment, a strong, overwhelming response in Gaza, which triggers the Muslim nations to attack, and 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 then triggers the U.S. to say, no, you went too far. Now, now you're alone. I mean, we're like. That can that can happen any day, like literally any day in the next two oh. weeks. That could, that exact scenario could happen. That's what they're saying on the radio. Yeah, I mean, Don't overreact. Don't overreact. We're afraid Israel yeah. overreact. Well, see, I, I've, I've, I'm from a military family. I served. My dad served. My grandparents served all the way back that we know. And and if you look at a military aspect of things, the world has gotten soft in a, in a war type scenario of what it used to be and and it's it's soft in a good way but soft in a bad way like war is supposed to be just flat out the romans it's war there there's no whole barred if you kill a family you kill a family it's part of war and that's horrible to say but that's what war is now, now we're tiptoeing, trying to play play war, but not, you know. Israel said that, you know, well, you, you know, the Gaza, the Hamas, they're they're bad guys, but but you can't blow up hospitals like they try to blame, right? I mean, I fought these guys. I was in Iraq, two, you know, two tours. There's numerous videos online that you can watch. Where they try to shoot us and they blow themselves up because it's ancient ammunition, whatever that's so old, or they don't know what they're doing, and they end up killing themselves over it. But it's it's to the extent to where it would it would be like us saying the Revolutionary War. You can only take so much, and then you have to fight. Yep. And Israel and we play like, by the rules, and then they time don't. And, yeah, they hide exactly. behind women and children, and but it's war. There is no rule in war. We've tried to the civilized world has tried to say, okay, look, you can't you can't use gas, you know, you can't use that kind of weapons. You 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 know the medics, you're not supposed to shoot at them, but in return, the medics can't use you know fully automatic weapons either they can protect themselves with their with their their personal weapons they can't get on a cruise serve and mow people down you know it's there there's the genie the geneva convention kind of is the guideline of what war in a civilian in a in a civilized world would be like in Rules the Revolutionary War, yeah, you don't shoot the commanders. You shoot the commanders, there's no one co to command the army, then they just do whatever. So that was frowned upon. But in the guerrilla warfare, you shoot the commanders because then they there's no one telling them what to do. Then there's chaos. You know, and, and as a Muslim person, they don't care. If they die, they get their however many virgins in you know in heaven and the poor virgins get a sweaty terrace i mean it's it's a bad shake on the virgins but i mean it's <laughs> it's just 
you they know, don't specify uh, the the gene or or the sex of those versions yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, or or the animal type. I mean, you know. But anyways, it, it's it's you're you're playing on two levels, right? right? We have our our world, our ideas of what war should be, and then you have what the Muslim. They don't care. Yeah. They'll just kill whoever. They kill their own people just to just to try to blame it on the Israels. So that so hey, look at me, be on my side. And I, I think and it's I, I think we go gotta ahead, put a Steve. little differentiation. We gotta put a little differentiation in there because we can't just say the Muslim people. That's a way too broad okay. of a spectrum. Well, We're talking about the violent sects of those yeah, groups. Yes. Because I I know very I know plenty of Muslims that are as, I mean, I, I want the, the occultist Muslims, to God, but the ones that have the violent, um, uh, right, the agenda, and we see that with Hamas, right? Yeah. right? And I mean, Hamas being uh, even the Hebrew word for violence, yeah, exactly. Right? And we talk about this with if we go back yeah. into, um, uh, you know, when it says uh, in the days of Noah, it was because there, the world was filled with much Hamas, yeah. And yep. look what's happening right now. It's it the says, same so spirit. It shall be, so shall it be in the day, you know, in the end of days, it will be um, the same as it was in the days of Noah. It will be filled with much violence, much Hamas. And I think that's pretty uh, eerie that, that that name sticks out and is right there. And um, plain you know, as it's, day. And it, it's right there in front of us. And it, it's a very scary thing because we got to be very careful with this too. Cause if you go back, think about world war two and we say, well, the Japanese are terrible. So we're going to take our American Japanese cause we think they're all sleepers and put them in, in camps. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we can't, you have to be very um, judicious about this at the same time, because we're looking at us. We're looking at a certain group of another certain group of people. If that makes sense. I don't, I, I hate, I hate generalizations cause we can say that all the time. It's like, we, we talk about um, actually, Justin. We talked about a little bit earlier about we can say uh, uh, you know you you can't say that all Christians or or, or um, all Catholics believe this 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 or this, so it's wrong. Or all Lutherans believe this this it's wrong. You can't take a whole group of people and say they're all evil or they're wrong about a certain thing. Or well, there's or exceptions to every rule, and you can't always yeah, paint with a broad yeah. brush. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree, definitely. And um, and even some of the reactions you see, too, where, and I'm like, why, you know, because to, to, to me, it's like Hamas, everything you guys just said makes it so easy to show how wicked Hamas is, right? Their very name is Hebrew for violence. Their charter is almost like prophecy, right? Their charter calling for the extermination of Israel. Like, it's almost prophetic that they're saying that and, 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 in a satanic way, right? And it's all satanically inspired. So, um, but at the same time, you make a great point. We have to balance it out. And not to say that all Muslims are that way or even all Palestinians, but certainly anyone who is actually a member of Hamas, that is what they are signing up for and pledging and taking an oath to. So yes, I think it, it, it's important. And, 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 and also it's spiritual, right? If they are, what spirit you have to be led by a fallen angelic or demonic spirit to literally pledge yourself to exterminate a group of people anybody any group of people much less uh the jewish people yeah derek gilbert talked about this too now it just kind of came to my mind that book of his uh 
what was it called? Bad Moon Rising? Yep. And I remember specifically him saying that it was his belief, and this was back in early, you know, early to mid 2000s. You know, I, I would say maybe around 2010, mm-hmm. but yep. don't quote me. But I remember reading in that book, he said that it was his opinion that, uh, you know, and once again, painting with broad brush here, but he was saying that he believes that uh, the, the the Muslim religion, and especially the violent sex, would be uh, the instrument that Satan uses to start this war with Israel and basically that the spirit is going to deceive them and lead them and he's going to use them and then just throw them away. But I remember him saying in that book that basically pretty much what's going on right now, now that I reflect back on that, it's pretty crazy. So going just because we we may or may not have an expert on biblical bloodlines with us right now. Um, I think it's important too. I don't, you know, I, a lot of people, um, you know, biblically understand, you know, Israel and understand, you know, uh, uh, their role as being God's people. But I don't, I don't, and as much as maybe we, we've researched it or know it, not a lot of people know where this started. We're going back through bloodlines. This is what matters. We're going back to um, Isaac and Ishmael, Ishmael. Isaac and Ishmael. And then when we get down to Muhammad, Muhammad being told a, a fallen angel yes. coming and telling him that Ishmael is the correct. And honestly, it's pretty amazing. It's a mirror image, right? We have the 12 tribes of Israel, but we also have the 12 tribes, the 12 descendants of Ishmael. So you see that, that this is the thing. And then there, this fallen angel tells Muhammad, hey, this is. The, it really belongs to Ishmael. He was the firstborn. He was this. He was this. And this whole thing, we get to that point where you see now Hamas believing that so wholeheartedly that it's the eradication of the imposters, of the ones that do not belong, the ones that took basically their Stole birth the birthright. You go back yeah. to that point. Exactly. Yeah. You go back to that point. And I don't know if everybody understands that this, this is not just a, you know, this is truly a thousands and thousands of year old war that has been going on ever since the the separation of uh, Ishmael and Isaac when when Hagar took Ishmael into the wilderness right and 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 God actually you know he still took care of her yeah. he still gave her a spring water to drink things like this he still cared about those people absolutely but what the They're devil still his did children is yeah. he, well he took that he took that split and he did exactly what you said Justin he's flipped it over so look, no, it's not these 12, it's these 12. And he takes that, it's always, a, he trades the truth for a lie, that one little thing. Exactly. You know, same thing in the garden, same way. And he took it and he just took the next step and said, you know what, this split right here, it was just, we took the wrong branch. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's obviously, look at that, look at that in the world today and look at how pronounced that religion is based on Muhammad's teachings. Definitely. I, I mean, that's, that, that's, uh, you know, phenomenal analysis and i definitely believe that the religion was inspired by a fallen angel and it's just the devil's pattern right because that's exactly how i believe the antichrist is going to be set up right he is the mirror image of jesus it's like they're trying again it's not intimidation it's it's deception he's going to say oh yeah this is the actual messiah this is who you're supposed to worship not not the one from 2000 years ago here is the actual one 
And that's, that's his plan. It's always, it's really taking just a little bit of truth and twisting it, right? It's the same thing to deceive. And so, yeah, no, I, I agree. So he's taken the seed of Ishmael and twisted their hearts and minds so much all through deception, all through deception. And I absolutely believe that uh, Muhammad had a supernatural encounter. That, I do. I believe that an angel appeared to him, just like an angel appeared to Joseph Smith, right? That, that these, you know, it's it's that it was that level of of power that led this to this level of fanaticism, right? Because that's not going to happen without a spiritual, a real spiritual presence operating. You're not going to see people aren't going to go die and you know blow themselves up and do things like that without a spiritual. They believe it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Look, you'd be wearing the, the devil parades around as an angel of light. You know, yeah. they, it warns you in scripture. Yeah. And what's sad though about this deception, you know, that you talked about it as a mirror image of Christ. The sad, the most saddening part of it is God's, you know, original people, his original covenant, the, the, the Israelites, you know, not, you know, there's the exception, like we talked about, there's always an exception. And in this case, the exception is the messianic. Jews they they see the full picture but the majority of the Jews they reject Christ they're still waiting on this Messiah so when this false Messiah shows up proclaiming to to, to be God performing yep. signs and wonders they're going to accept him with open arms because they're waiting and expecting him I mean, yeah. it's just sad yep yeah and many of them you know are, are some and many of them are expecting too right because in there a lot of Jewish eschatology, you have Messiah ben Joseph and Messiah ben David. And the first comes as the more diplomatic Messiah who's using diplomacy and then dies. And then Messiah ben David is the conquering hero who takes over the whole land and restores the kingdom. And what I find fascinating about that scenario is, to me, that kind of falls in line with the career of the Antichrist because, you know, he will come into power and then die, right? He suffers a mortal wound that is healed. So, I, so what I question is, could that Revelation 13, 4, because that, that, that's the turning point in the career of the Antichrist. When he says that he suffers, the beast suffers the mortal wound and was healed. He says that's when the world says, who's like him? Who can make war with him? That's when it's like, he's God. He's, he is it. This is God. And could that false, incorrect Jewish eschatology be fulfilled by the Antichrist dying and coming back. And they interpret that as, oh, this must be the first one. And now the second one's here because he, he it's fulfilling our own eschatology. So the door is wide open because their hearts are closed right now to the gospel. Then that's exactly what, if you go into Romans 10 and 11, you know, it's talking, we're having Paul talk about the Jewish people and then the Gentiles getting grafted in, right? It says that some of the branches are pruned and in order that the Gentiles come in. And he says that God actually closed the eyes and the ears of the Jewish people. And I truly believe, I truly believe this. And this is just my reading strictly, but I truly believe that what's going to happen. And we, it talks about the remnant of Israel that will be there. The 144,000, I believe, the 12,000, he said, or from each tribe, the 12,000 from each tribe, the 144,000, the, the seal of God on their forehead that God is going to use that remnant, his people, as the final push. He's going to bring them back. It says, how great will it be when they're grafted back in? Yes. 
I think he's going to use that remnant as his last push to bring as many people to heaven with him as he possibly can. And they are truly, in the end, his people coming back. And that's a symbolic number, you know, the 144,000, the 12. This isn't, I don't necessarily believe that truly is exact. Revelation is full of the uh, symbolic uh, numbers, especially. But I believe that's the, the rest of the Jews, the remaining Jews are going to come back to God. They're going to be grafted back in. God did not forget his covenant with them. It says that pretty plainly in Romans. But I think it's going to be pretty amazing to see when that trickles down, that God ultimately, he closes their eyes and then he opens them at the right time to use them for his purpose. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, with that, I mean, you have the 144,000, but you also have the two witnesses, right, in Jerusalem that can that can, I don't know, spit fire, whatever that they says, you know, anybody tries to do them harm, you know, until they die, eventually they, they will die. But I mean, and then you have the angel going back and forth, you know, telling, I mean, if they, if that's not signs <laughs> against the antichrist, yeah. you know, I, and it's just amazing. It's like, you can't say God's not good. He gives you chance and chance and chance and chance over and over and over. That is God's nature. That God turn his way. Yeah, I mean, and and, and, and it's you know, I, I even with you know my kids, I tell them that all the time. Like you know, I forgive. God forgives you a million times more than I do. He's a million times more merciful oh, yeah. than I am. So, you know, God. that's his that's his nature. And, and, and that's such a great point that God will send an angel flying around the earth, screaming to people to get people to get yeah. his children back home. And the thing too about that passage in, in Romans 11, right? I think it also again tells us the timing. Because it said that the blindness has come upon the Jews until the fullness of the Gentiles, right? So I think that again. The church number is filled of all the believing Christians and all the Christian martyrs. There's a number, and then we, we're gone. Then we're out of here. We go up. We're fulfilled. So now we go to heaven for the great tribulation, and God can fully turn his face back to Israel, which is what we see, again, in God, may God. And this is why I say, like, I think it's two wars being described, because you see in the Ezekiel 39 chapter description, God says, he specifically says he's going to turn his face back. He, he, they will no longer profane my name. It's like now they're going to get it. Now they're going to start understanding me and acknowledging me. And it's the beginning of that reconciliation of the remnant. God's going to use that as the launch point. First, they're going to turn to Yahweh, and then they're going to return to Yeshua over the seven years. So, yes, yeah, so I think that passage also indicates the timing that, again, it's pre-trip, that we got to go. And then God's full attention is on them, and they are reconciled. The remnant, that is. Man, stop giving me chills, man. <laughs> this is good stuff. I love it. Amen. For sure. I guess going just a little bit, just a little further, I really want to give just a, and we can finish up on this. I don't know. I mean, we could, we literally, and I don't mean this as a joke. We could talk to you literally all night <laughs> long and just keep going. And I think all of us would be like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Um. But one thing I really want you to touch yeah. on, and you brought it up when we first talked about some of your projects coming up, is the technology. Because this is such a big part of things, the AI stuff that we're seeing. 
And it's to me, we've been this stuff has been um, we've been groomed for this, yeah. right? We look at the movies we see. We go back to Terminator. That's the first time you know Skywatch or not Skywatch. Uh, Net, uh, Skynet. Net, Skynet. Skynet. Yeah, not Skywatch. <laughs> yeah, we love Skywatch. Those are the good guys. Um, yeah. So you, you have Skynet. You have that, and you have, and you think about the um, uh, like iRobot and yeah. movies like this, where I mean, Elon Musk is making that stuff a reality. We're seeing that happening right now. Short circuit back is, in the eighties. Short circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Five. It's amazing how this stuff is going though, and we're seeing the technology. We're we're getting groomed to accept these things and on top of that like it's dumbing us down because we're relying on those things to do so much more for us so it's it's at the same time that this stuff is getting smarter and it's taking control over us we are also kind of dumbing down and, and just letting you know it's it's this is like the, the super calculator back in the day you're like no you're not allowed to use calculators do the math on your own yeah. now i'm like well, heck, i can't do that because we have that how many phone numbers did you know when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. you, know, huh. you knew a million. Tom. And now I know like my wife's. Right. And that's it. I don't even know if I know my wife. <laughs> I don't even just... remember my wife. <laughs> so, but you think technology yeah. has dumbed us down. But where are we right now? What is this AI? What What is, what's, what's going to come out of this, do you think? I, I think it's the last step, right? So when you think about, when you look at Revelation and what's being described of the events of Revelation from a technological standpoint, that's how I kind of measure where are we and it's like, how close are we? I look at technology, right? And, you know, the mark of the beast, right? Which we talk about all the time. We understand it, all that good stuff. I mean, we have to remember that was written in, I believe, 96 AD. I believe is when Revelation was written by John the Apostle. And he's writing in the first century that all commerce on earth is going to be controlled by a mark in your hand or in your forehead. Like how, that makes absolutely no sense in the first century world where you can buy anything with anything. You can trade a cow for gold. You can trade milk for, for fabric, right? Anything was any, you could use anything was, was fungible for, for, for commerce. And yet that's easy now, right? Now we know that can happen, right? There are any people who are, who are chipped right now in Sweden going to work, scanning in their jobs every day, right? So, that's all there. So the two witnesses, you know, Ben, you mentioned how they, you know, they, until they, you know, when they're killed by the Antichrist, right? So their bodies lay in the street for three and a half days and the world sees their bodies. Again, how could that be possible in the first century? Even 10 years ago, it really wasn't that possible. Now, everyone's jumping on their phone and whatever, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch. They're going to be live streaming the dead bodies and people dancing around their dead bodies all over the world, right? And so again, so now all these things are really achievable. And so when you talk about AI, I think that's really the last step. Because when you look at the image of the beast, it's really fascinating to me and almost mind-blowing that it says, like, right, the, the false prophet gets the people, he causes the people to create this image, right? So it's something artificial. It is it is not born, it is created, right? And it harkens back to Aaron, right? This is just like Aaron telling everyone, give me your gold, I'm gonna make a golden calf for you, right? It's a repetition of that. And it says that it has life, it's, it, it's alive. So it's artificial and built, but it actually has life in it. And so I think that to me, AI is the last step to us, usher to ushering in the great tribulation, because the, 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 to me, the image of the beast is the fulfillment 
of AI. And again, it's, it's, it's that he's going to be alive and know things, right? It's going to be, first of all, it demonstrates that the Antichrist, again, isn't God. And I think he, I think he needs the image because he's going to be leading and governing, and fighting wars. So he can't, not being omnipresent, he needs something set up to be worshipped while he's out actually doing his job to take over the world. And, and also, it demonstrates that there's something that, 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 that the image having that, again, I mentioned it earlier, knowing what everyone's thinking, right? Worship is in your mind, it's in your heart. And it's gonna know for every person in the world who of course is a part of the beast system, not the, the tribulation believers and the remnant, whether you're worshiping or not. And that again, to me, it's like when you see, you talk about Elon Musk, right? He just got approved, yeah, right? Link. They just approved, but they just approved human trials. And you know, I showed a video about this in Mormon, and you know, who are they using it on? They're using it on uh, paralytics and the blind, right? So they're saying, oh, it's a good thing. Exactly, exactly. Who can argue with that? And he's literally going to give sight to the blind through Neuralink. That's his goal. And so, but it's, you know, it's the stage is being set. The stage, because if, if he if he has if he, we see a video of him on stage with someone who was born blind and now they're literally out there catching a football, that's it, right? The world how could we how how would the world not fall in love with that technology and say this is the greatest thing I've seen in my lifetime, right? And so, but what is it doing? It's literally accessing the mind and connecting it to a system, and that and I think that has to happen for that prophecy of the image of the beast to be fulfilled. Because it's not going to be through divine power. I think the, the image of the beast is going to be connected literally to everyone who takes the mark. We're going to be, it's something jacked Hot, in to the Antichrist system through some type of link. Maybe not from Elon Musk, but a more advanced 8.0 of Neuralink. Yeah, they're saying there's some kind of like a tattoo that's doing like a microchip underneath the skin. Oh, yeah. They're trying to figure out how the body itself can power it. And, you know, you're, I mean, everybody's got like electrical. Exactly. You're a battery. You're about, yeah. you're a walking battery. They're trying to figure out, I mean, that's the problem is they figured out the tattoo part, but they, because I think the mark's going to be an actual mark. I agree. Like a tattoo or something. Yep. But what's underneath it, you know, if it's a tattoo microchip in your skin, that's still a visible mark. But also, like you're saying, it connects you to the to the inner internet so they can monitor whatever you do. But they're they're still trying to figure out from what I've heard, you know, watching my crazy stuff I watch. <laughs> No, and, and, you know, and, and it reminds me of uh, body to, to power it. There was a show. Well, Avatar. You know, they hook up to the hive mind, and their their consciousness is hooked up to these robots, yeah. and therefore what? they live forever. I think that's exactly what Revelations is talking you, you about. When it says the they will seek movie. death, and they will not find it. Yeah. You have the Matrix movies that kind of flirt with you know, it, which there's your power in robots, but you know, the, the people's body, but yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of movies out there that that's, and it's almost even the Marvel movies. It's like, they're just slowly making it normal. 
Yeah. So when it does happen, it's oh well, this ain't nothing. I've watched movies about this for years. If we are prepped, we are prepped and ready to take it. Oh, there yeah. people not. I, there's no doubt. They said, hey, we, you know, Elon Musk has an injection. If you take it, you'll get like you know, you'll become part cheetah and have a cheetah speed. People will sign up for that. <laughs> Levitation. Mm-hmm. So all the genetics to be about having the ability of an animal, people would do that. There's no doubt. All right, all right. So, and I think that's the combination too. Right? It's going to be the technology and then also the genetic aspect as well, right? And I think there are, right. And there's certain things that's happened in the near past, which I don't know if we can say or <laughs> not say, but I'm sure everybody knows. I mean, it's things happen to see how far humanity can be pushed on what they will do or not do also i mean you've got that aspect also to where it's like okay well you know it's good for everybody it's good for your grandma if you go get this thing oh okay yeah sure whatever you know i'll do what's good for grandma they're they're testing to see what what buttons they can push how far you'll go under fear before people start rebelling whoa 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 too far and and then okay well we still have to work on that side of things a little bit more i mean it's and and that's coming from doctors right that's coming from doctors news anchors imagine if it's a fallen angel right blowing a light or an alien presenting themselves saying that's a that imagine how much more powerful that message will be if they're like, hey, oh, take yeah. this mark, it'll save you or give you immortality or something like so. It's, you know, it's what's once the veil is removed, when we leave, it's all better off. I mean, it's going to be everything we're seeing, you know, times a thousand. It's going to be like the world is going to be like a Marvel movie, like the Marvel universe with supernatural beings just all over the place, flying around, interacting and deceiving people. A new golden yeah. age. Okay. And, I, and I like how L.A. Marzulli said, he said that he thinks that the uh, that when the rapture happens, it's going to tell everybody either one of two things. It's either that, you know, hey, these guys already got their upgrade and now they're uh, up at this new planet or wherever else living a great life in paradise. And now we're just waiting for you guys to, to do the same, you know, or. Now these guys were the weak link genetically. They were not ready yeah. for the upgrade, so they're gone, and we're here to help you guys now. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. I think it's that idea of that that golden age of the past coming back. You know, it's that trying to bring that golden age where, you know, if we and I truly believe that was just pre-flood, where you know the the fallen angels would walk among people still there was you know we had obviously the nephilim which was ultimately the reason for the flood and 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 i can't wait to read that children's book but if when we see that that this is this is just a a, a it's nothing new under the sun this is resurfacing from those days just as it says like as in the days of noah and it's gonna come back it might be presented slightly different and I actually do believe your idea, what you just said about the uh, what happens if it's an alien, which is a fallen angel portraying itself. Where it's yeah, more not of this world is it's an alien. A, well, it, it might not say it's an angel. It might say, I'm an extraterrestrial. We planted you here. We're your big brother. Exactly. We're this. Yep. Exactly. And we were made gonna before believe you were made. Yep. 
and all those things that that are all the problems that our world you know global warming sorry i hate i gotta do the air quotes and all these other problems gotta do the head nod facing <laughs> laser lasers uh, no but all the but all this stuff that these problems that the world keeps getting shown you know we the, the earthquakes and all this stuff that the Bible says are, ha- you know, that are going to keep getting worse, which they already have. We have documentation of this. It's there. Things are getting worse. Yeah. But all of a sudden they come and say, hey, guess what? We can fix all that. And they do. Everybody's going to listen to them. People that have been, I mean, just staunch Christians their entire life are going to be like, I'm going with those guys. Well, at that point, you're so ensconced in fear. Yeah. What do you got to lose? Sure, yeah, save us. <laughs> Your salvation. Yeah. That's what you got yeah. to lose. Yeah, exactly. And you, you think about it too, how deep it goes. You know, there another disturbing revelation passage is where, you know, you get through the trumpet judgments and, you know, the, it, all these devastating things happen in Revelation 16 that says that men still didn't repent. They're seeing yeah, they're angry at God. Wars, the, the, the locusts, the, the, the army of fallen angels and horsemen. I mean, they're like a third of the population is killed and people still are refusing to repent. They're cursing God. And it says that they wouldn't repent of their sorceries, right? So they're still worshiping the fallen angelic realm, right? So they're still worshiping, it says, God of wood. And they, so, they, so that's how deep-seated it's going to be in people, the deception and I think also, too, if you think about it, you know, part of, I think, the reason for the evil in the days of Noah was that it was accelerated by the fallen angelic genetics that were being put in human beings via the Nephilim, that they were, that was, that's why, he says, you know, man's thoughts were only evil continually, right? That's a powerful statement. 24-7 evil, it's like, even when you're, you know, you're having dinner, you have a beautiful dinner in front of you, you're just still thinking about doing bad, you know, like nothing distracts you from evil. And I think that's, we're going to see a similar thing because people are going to take on the antichrist genetics through the mark. And so that's why it's like, they're so, even in the face of all these supernatural judgments from God, they're still angry at God. They still will refuse to repent because again, it's repeating what took place in, in the days of Noah. It's going to be wow. literal pandemic. You know, a lot of people, you know, you may or may not realize, you know, Pan was a yeah. Greek god, half goat, half, half man with the horns. And he was a, a horny little god that bred with everything, animals, human, women alike. But so, but to say Pan, you know, is all, you know, it's yeah. in all, you know, that mm-hmm. that's the end goal. That's a very good point. Exactly. Well, Ryan, I think we can all say that we have greatly appreciated your time with us again, <laughs> yes. as always. Um, would you like to go ahead and give a shout out where everybody can find your merchandise? Because I need one of those shirts. <laughs> yes, I'm ordering one soon um, as this call is over. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, so I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, so yeah, my, my website is judgmentofthenephilim.com. One word. Um, the books are there. Uh, the new documentary will be up this week. Um, also, my other documentaries, my study guides, all that stuff is there. The T-shirts are there. Um, also available on Amazon as well. And the documentaries are on Vimeo On Demand, but you can find it through the website. And my social media, my Facebook, my Instagram, 
and uh, oh, and my YouTube channel are all Judgment of the Nephilim, one word. Awesome. Thank you so much again, man. Oh, this has been awesome you. as always. And I, I just, I always look forward after we get done talking to him, I'm already like, hey, Justin, call him again. Let's let's see how soon he can come. <laughs> cool. Thanks for having me, brother. I busy. appreciate it. And uh, just let me know. Uh, happy to come back on again and, uh, and, and, and chop it up. I appreciate again everything you guys are doing. So keep up the great work. All right, thank you, Ryan. Once again, Thanks. appreciate it, brother. Always a good conversation. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Likewise. Thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast, the place where you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Keep digging.